we're back. It's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Y'all know who our presenting sponsor is, and that's why these episodes are so special. Coming straight out of Lynchburg, Tennessee, the home of the one and only, the iconic Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Jack believes in our culture. We take Jack with us wherever we go, but again, in moderation, always responsible. They believe in our cooking, our culinary, our outdoor lifestyle, living off the land, conservation, environmental concerns concerning habitat, all of the animals that we pursue. Jack Daniels keeps the animals close to their heart. And let me tell you something about animals when it comes to Jack Daniels. We've had a heck of a time getting turkeys to respond around the Lynchburg, Tennessee area. And when we got back to our Airstream trailers today... There was four huge longbirds, and I mean absolute ropes, laughing at me and the rest of the crew. I took it very personal. I didn't take it the most personal, though. My boy Tommy Miller took it very personal. So keep that in mind. Jack Daniels is all about the preservation of our natural resources and our wildlife across this country and across the world. So thank you, Jack Daniels. And today's episode is so awesome. Y'all heard my conversation with master distiller Chris Fletcher. Now I have the assistant master distiller lexi phillips the first female to be appointed to this position so we will get the congratulations out of the way congratulations miss <laughs> Lexi. thank you i'm so very excited to be in this role this is amazing to have you around us i've gotten to know you a little bit over the last 72 hours you're a gem we also have one of my best friends in the world you've heard him here on the podcast before he sings the theme song of this podcast what you're going to do in the money all when the money's all gone that he wrote with our good friend drake white he also has been on several episodes of the foul life over the last 10 years i met this man in hopkinsville kentucky at Tur- Turkey camp 10 or 11 12 years ago already you were singing 50 years too late during a freaking downpour out on a deck and i said who is this guy leith lofton what's up hoss hey buddy good to be here oh it's good to have you you're holding that thing they call a guitar yeah the picking machine you're gonna around about this time of year too when we met because it's turkey camp Mm -hmm. turkey camp my favorite time of year I actually saw turkeys though on that trip. <laughs> oh, you saw them when you, you saw some big ones right up right, right up the hill there. Yeah, now this place is so like you hear about Lynchburg, and you hear about the culture, and it's a dry county, and it's the home of Jack Daniels, and seventy five percent of the people that live in this area work at the distillery or some part of the Jack Daniels. There's seven hundred and fifty employees at this location for Jack Daniels. Um, we ate at we ate at you know, a place that you can talk about a little bit, but the scholarships that they give out and everything that Jack is involved in. I mean, they're just they they are an amazing amazing company and brand. So. What is what is it like right now? What are you feeling, Lexi? Like, is it different waking up right now? Is it a different feeling? I know that you're a humble lady, but is it a different feeling knowing what you're getting ready to embark on over the next several years of your career? It really is. You know, I think so when I got this job, it was actually about six months ago. And y'all, I think it's taken this long to actually sink in. Um Because, you know, of course, getting this new position in COVID times is a little different than it would have been before then. So, but it has given me a good way to ease into this position. Um, Because doing a lot of interviews and podcasts like this, I haven't been as used to that as being a distiller for the last six years. You know, there's not many podcasts over in the distillery. (laughs) But, uh, you know, honestly, it really, when I first got this job and that came out, It came out internally, and I was so excited to really just have a dream job. You know, being the first woman in this position, it didn't even really sink in um, that this is more than a dream job. This is making history at Jack Daniels. You know, the first night that it came out internally, I was just on cloud nine, and I had actually gone to the local marina. We were seeing a band down there. And ran into actually one of our tour guides and in the women's bathroom of all places. Um, I We didn't know each other that well, but she came up to me and she hugged me and told me how proud she was of me and what I'm doing for women at Jack Daniels. And I mean, it still almost gives me chills now because I mean, it's 
that means so much. And there's been a few occurrences like that, that that is just, I mean, you feel that in your soul. That's, you don't even think about that. Um, Because like growing up, everybody knew the master distillers, you know, Jimmy Bedford, Jeff Arnett, now Chris Fletcher, and they were just held in such high regard. I never thought I would be able to work alongside the master distiller at Jack Daniels. Not because I'm a woman, but, I mean, how do you even get involved in something like that? How do you start training to be a distiller? Um, so being in the rural area we're at, I went to school for agriculture and ended up here at Jack Daniels and just followed my passions. I started getting just little nuggets of information about the still house up here and fell in love with it. I love how we make whiskey here. And that's something I can't wait to talk to people about. But there's one there's one underlying thing that had to happen for this to become a career, for you to be put into this position, for you to be vaulted into this position. You had to be and have to be a good whiskey maker. And your reputation comes with that, that you, like Chris Fletcher, the master distiller, Jeff Arnett, who just was prior to Mr. Fletcher, both have told me that you are an unbelievable whiskey maker. So that's why you got the job. It's And I know you're a woman, and I think that that's unbelievable. But the first and foremost, you're an unbelievable whiskey maker. How how does that happen? How does somebody become an unbelievable whiskey maker? There's a lot of history and run and shine and making whiskey in these hills that we sit in right now. But... How do you become an unbelievable whiskey maker? Isn't it just making whiskey? Isn't it just alcohol? Like, how, what personally have you done to get in this to become an unbelievable whiskey maker? You know, I feel like, number one, being here at Jack Daniels, honestly, it's more than just making whiskey. I'm carrying on something that almost 20, over, probably over 24 of my family members have done past and present that have worked here at Jack Daniels. I mean, how did I become a good whiskey maker? I definitely attribute that to my mentors at the Steelhouse. They passed on their passion to me. They showed me the things that they absolutely loved about it, and they sat with me until I understood everything at that distillery. They really helped me grow into the distiller that I was. They pushed me harder and harder to be good at distilling whiskey and learning the entire process. Um, I think having great mentors and a drive to work hard. I mean, that's how a passion grows, just like it did for Jack. His mentor helped him find his passion for the rest of his life near a screen. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, Jack never kept a diary of any sort, but I know how I feel about my mentors and how much those guys helped me that I want to make them proud and show them respect for the rest of my life, just as Jack did for his mentor. Okay. So when you start talking about what Jack did and what the distillers before you that came before you did, did you have a good idea before you started working here, what the culture was like? And secondly, do you, did you know what Tennessee mash sour mash whiskey was before you started working here and at the end of this answer please give us the rundown of what sour mash is so sour mash (laughs) what was the first part of the question one more time three part yeah did you know like you know before you start had this job did you know the culture of jack daniels and did you have a good understanding with all of that all of those mentors all of those 24 family members was it inbreded in you all throughout your childhood and, and your upbringing you know honestly jack daniels i mean it's just a household name around here you don't really even think twice about it it is almost taken for granted until you start getting into a position like this that you see how much everybody loves Jack Daniels in all corners of the world. So I can't say it was really uh, ingrained in me. Maybe it was, and I just didn't really realize it. Because, I mean, you they just talked about work. It wasn't um, getting me ready to come to Jack Daniels. They just talked about their day-to-day. So... Uh, I didn't know that I was going to work here at Jack Daniels when I grew up. Um, It just kind of uh, happened to be something that I was absolutely passionate about. The um, (laughs) multi-part questions are throwing me off. (laughs) I just don't don't understand how 
you differentiate sour mash whiskey from Tennessee whiskey, or is all Tennessee whiskey sour mash? And then is it completely different than bourbon, which is in the neighboring state of Kentucky? What is sour mash? And did you know, did you have an idea of an educated on that recipe or what sour mash was before you started working here? You know, really, I didn't. I mean, you always see sour mash on the label, and it's pretty much that you're taking some of one batch that you are currently distilling, and you're putting that in the, into the next batch that you are mashing. So that's actually the souring part is bringing down the pH in the mash, and that is con- making it kind of a continuous, ca- continuing on the flavor from the last batch to the next, and so on and so on. I did not really know that when I came here. Um, A lot of the training here is on the job, and there's so much more that goes into making whiskey than I ever thought went into it. Walking in that door, in my mind, you're like, okay, you mix some grain together with some water, you put it with some yeast, and then you distill it. There's so much more between that. The difference in Tennessee whiskey and bourbon you know, there's we follow all the same laws. We could be called a bourbon. But the one thing, other than being made in Tennessee, is our charcoal mellowing process, which y'all got to see yesterday, where we make our own charcoal here on site. And then we put that in our charcoal mellowing vats. It is 10 solid feet of charcoal that this whiskey is dripped through slowly. And that goes in clear, comes out clear at 140 proof. And it really, it just works as a filter, absorbing some of the corn oils and grainy notes, um, really making it a more mellow whiskey. That process right there is what makes us stand apart from bourbon. Now, we could just pretty much put a brick at a charcoal in a 10,000-gallon tank and still say it was charcoal mellowed. But we are using the process that, yet again, is something that has been passed down from generation to generation of distillers all the way from back in Jack's day. This was called the Lincoln County process. Um, yeah. When you think about the yeast part of that and the, the alcohol part of that, tell me a little bit about how you can trace this back to prohibition and is that really possible that you can, this recipe can be traced back with scientific proof that y'all are still doing it the same way that Jack did it originally? Right. So um, now Prohibition was after Jack. That's when his nephew had taken over through before Prohibition and continued it on. So in 1938, when you could make whiskey back in Tennessee, Liam Motlow actually started this distillery back up and insisted on doing it the same way that his uncle did, which he had worked with pre-prohibition. So back in those days, how they would, they didn't really know about yeast and stuff like that back in 1938 and the 40s. So what they would do is when they had a, a fermenter that was working really hard, it was really active. Then they would take pretty much a jug and fill it up with the active beer, mash and yeast mixture, and put that in the creek, let it get cool, and put it into the next one. So that really continued on, um, continued the cycle of them using, I'll say the same over and over from one batch to the next until technology kind of evolved a little bit and people started learning about yeast and what really it needed to be happy, for better terms. So from then, they would um, they'd start getting through the microscopes and isolating the specific yeast cells that contributed to the flavor of our whiskey. And that's how we have still the same flavor that we had produced so many years ago. When you... Th- talk about the flavor of jack daniels and leith i want you to talk about this too but do you remember leith the first time you ever tasted jack daniels and lexi after he answers that is it tastes the exact same today and i know that things change per barrel and everything but we're talking a long run of this this recipe for this tennessee sour mash 
does it still taste the same as it did when Jack first started making it? And then, you know, each master distiller through the generations. Do you remember your first taste of Jack Daniels? And because I know you're a fan of Jack, and why? Why do you why do you like it? Do you remember it? How long have you been drinking it, Lee? Mm. Yeah, I, my dad was was uh, he was pretty <clears throat> loose on parenting. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better way of putting it um so he would take us fishing and uh you know we would always um he would always have a little pint or something stashed in somewhere but actually before that <laughs> i remember my uncle boot uh would always keep he would hide a pint because he didn't he didn't want my he lived with my grandmother for my dad's mother, my memo actually for a little bit, and um, he would tell us where it was and if we'd go get it for him. So we would go get it, and uh, and he would he would fill the cap up, and that would be our that would be our you know retrieving reward. <clears throat> so that was man, my family's got great morals. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, it 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 allowed you know it made me respect you know respect things, and I think parents these days don't need to go by that a little bit. You know, that way kids won't hide it. They, if you can you know do it with them, and then you can actually teach them responsibility while you know. But uh, yeah, that was my first first. Uh, I was probably preteen. <laughs> Preteen, <laughs> I'd get a little cap full, you know. Maybe he was trying to uh, keep us from drinking to see how rough it was. Because, you know, when you're 10, 10 11 years old, you, that burns. Still burns. Yeah, you ain't ready for it. But, yeah. Um, but then, I, you know, going into high school, we would start mixing it with a little Sprite. But... Man, first my first knowledge of Jack Daniels was right off the cap of the bottle. Uncle Boot. Thanks. Uncle Boot. Oh. God rest his soul. <laughs> but it, it, it is it is a, a tradition of of quality that keeps it, you know, stories like that. It's got it's the history of this brand. Could you imagine how many stories there are like that oh my gosh, out yeah. there? And you know, in my family, it was kind of the same thing that you would be, you would see it, you would witness it, that it was, you know, it was an adult time thing. But I was brought up the same way that Leith is talking about. But that that flavor that you get out of Jack Daniels is unlike any other whiskey out there. And I'll, I know that the process is 100% built on quality control and not cutting corners. But that recipe is so much different. And it's smooth it's it's um flavorful it's fruity but it's still got some pepper some spice to it a little bit um i when i talked to chris he said you're almost dead on with your description of what jack daniels does but i a lot of i've always been a jack fan way before i worked with him i was always a fan of jack because of the flavor not to mention the culture of the company is unbelievable right with the the label and the the logo and all that but it's just a good whiskey whether you want to sip it and then you got the entire line of what you guys do with the single barrel and the gentlemen's and the flavors sure. and all of that what what is it about that flavor is it because is there bananas in jack daniels is there <laughs> apple juice in jack daniels lexi there's not that's actually the fruity flavors that you're talking about is coming from the yeast so that's developed during fermentation when the yeast are eating the sugars within there it develops esters and that's really what you're tasting in that and I love the the peppery that's from the uh, the rye. That's its influence, and of course the amazing barrel character. But uh, I uh, can't wait to tell uh, the barrel man that you brought up the flavors from my side instead of the barrel side. The yeast and the rye are the ones that you brought up. So I'm pretty excited about that. You're gonna tell Kevin that <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna give me an internship now. Oh, I don't know. We can we can work you in somewhere. <laughs> The, the barrel, you bring up the barrel, man. The barrel process is another phenomenon that blows my mind, first with how many barrels of Jack Daniels there are on this property, 
Do you have a guess, Leith, of how many barrels are on this property in Lynchburg? Uh, Tommy said something about one of the buildings this morning when we were in, in the Turkey Woods. He pointed up there, and he I think he said 22,000. Around 20,000 in a warehouse. Each warehouse. And there's 90 yeah. warehouses. Oh, there's more yeah. than one. There is more than one, yeah. <laughs> and there's that many in each one? That's it. On on average, I think they stay around um, 75, 80% full just because of how it turns over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's around what they can hold. So 90 times that. Yeah. So each each warehouse, if it was at 20,000 barrels. Uh, barrels. Barrels. At 53 gallons a piece, that's almost two full Olympic-sized swimming pools. Per warehouse. Per warehouse. Of whiskey. Of whiskey, yeah. That's aged at least four years per barrel. Yes. A lot of them seven years. Yep. But at least four. At least four, yes. So we're talking... Is that, that's not the, is that the green label? What's the green label? So everything is aged at least the four, but the green label is going to come off of the lower floors because it's going to have a lighter color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The barrel, its influence is really where it sits in the warehouse. Your single barrel is going to come off your top floor uh, just because there's the... Heat. Um, yes, the heat and the cold is more extreme up there. Mm-hmm. Um, getting the whiskey in the p- wood pours and then pushed back out when it gets cold. Mm-hmm. And that's what's giving you 100% of your color in every one of our products. And um, I'm going to give uh, Kevin 70% flavor. 30% is going to be on the uh, new make side. But that, what we're looking at right now, goes into the charcoal as clear as water. Yep. Comes out of the charcoal as clear as water. Yep. Goes into the barrel and comes out looking like that. Exactly. So that barrel is pretty awesome it really is it really is it has a huge impact on our whiskey and it is uh it is a it's a really cool thing that the barrels we what we can do with those so i know y'all have seen some of the tennessee tasters line kind of like our experimental line so what we'll do what we've done with some of those is we'll take a fully aged jack daniels that you're thinking of and then we may put it in another kind of barrel or finish it with another kind of wood maybe put some um staves of jamaican allspice or hickory in there and then let it sit for another six months to a year to impart that flavor so there's there's a lot of different things that you can do with the wood on the finishing side of the whiskey and that's that's a lot that i'm learning about with innovation in this new position that is actually really exciting because, I mean, we're starting with something with an amazing liquid. You know, it's going to be pretty much good, whatever we want to do with it, depending on somebody's uh, flavor, taste, however you want to taste it. So the innovation side's pretty, pretty neat. Lexi, what is the correct way to taste whiskey? The correct way to taste is it. Is there a correct way? Is there a process? Do you put it on your, like, there is a correct way to you know, with wine, the aeration, you smell it, you get all the flavors in your nose, you right. slurp it and let the air into your mouth at the same, and get the mm-hmm. air in there. How do you taste whiskey? You, I, I, I know a little bit about it, but is there a process that you would tell somebody or instruct somebody to follow to get the real flavor or the real experience? Would it be an experience the, of that of that whiskey? An experience, yeah, because I know when we do uh, barrel tastings, there will be three separate barrels that if you're picking a barrel that you'll get to choose from. And so getting ready for um, for those, we normally taste at the proof that the barrel is, go- excuse me, that the bottle is going to be. So if you're buying a 94 proof, we're going to taste it at that to where you can add water if you want to. Our one big suggestion is to taste it the same way on each sample. A lot of people will smell each one of them. And you kind of pick out your smells before, because after you taste, it really starts smelling a little different. So if you smell, then taste, then smell, then taste, it's going to be different than if you smell smell each one almost on a fresh nose. And um, sometimes you will get a little, it's like your nose almost gets a little overwhelmed. If you smell the back of your hand, then that really helps kind of reset with your own smell. And... Um, then when you are smelling, just crack your mouth just a little bit because it's letting the airflow 
from the whiskey pretty much over through your mouth and through your nose, and it gives you a more um, all-encompassing aroma. And uh, just do each one the same way. And depending on um, adding just a little bit of water does open it up a little bit sometimes and changes the flavor. So it really depends on how you're going to drink that barrel. If you're going to mainly drink it neat, then you're probably just going to taste it neat. If most people are going to add water to it or a little ice, then you may want to taste it like that. I really feel like everybody is a professional taster because what I taste may not be what you taste. Our taste buds are have been built completely different through our whole lives. So really, everybody's a professional taster. So when you talk about the nose and doing them all at once, because of if you do a smell and then a taste, it might not do the same because once you taste it, it changes the smell. Your mouth's not ready for that taste either. So is it fair to come back to the first one? Always. <laughs> because the first one might shock your taste buds or whatever that experience is. So the second and the third give you a little bit more of a fair profile of what you're tasting on your tongue and then over your tongue down into your throat where the first one's got to get another chance because that might have just put your mouth into shock to start with. Exactly. I mean, you're already, say you are a professional taster already. I'm not a professional taster. But no, that that really is, um, that is a huge, huge point because um, most of the times when we're doing our tastings, you know, we say, you know, this may be the highest proof you've had today because a lot of times I'm doing the barrel proof ones and they're like 125 to 135 proof. Um, so always give that first one a chance to pretty much wake your mouth up because your, your mouth is going to be a little shocked at the first sip of any alcohol, no matter what the proof is. So it just really wakes everything up, and then you're, you're good to go for the next few flavors, and then just um, go back to that first one. Water, I feel like, always has to be involved to cleanse through the palate and just rinse out and wait a minute, let it all calm back down, and then go to your next one. So when you're talking about the barrel program here, we're talking about single barrel selections, right? So you have, this is actually a bottle of the rye, which you had a big part in this project, single barrel. The, 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 the barrel program, you can't get that with Old Seven. You can't get it with Gentlemen. But there's something now out there that I witnessed this week called Barrel Proof. And I did a tasting with Mr. Kevin, a.k.a. Barrel yeah. Man. And he said, I want you to do a tasting with me, Chad. And I said, okay, I'll do one with you. And it was kind of, he, it was almost like he wanted to take an iodine dispenser, you know, and just like put a drop on my tongue. What is barrel proof and why is it even bottled? And what, who came up with this idea? To, is it something to where it's, it, there's nothing that happens? Is there something that happens to a regular single barrel after it leaves the barrel before it goes into the bottle that doesn't happen with barrel proof? Yeah, so uh, the barrel proof, since it is a single barrel product, the single barrel uh, select and barrel proof, which the select is just the cut down, I believe 94 proof. And um, so the barrel proof has not been cut with water. So that's really the biggest difference. It's going to give you more options as to it has a, a bolder flavor, um, which a lot of people love. I mean, we are in um, a whiskey lover's time. You know, there's been a huge whiskey boom that people are very interested. They really like the higher proofs, and they really like the bold flavors. So I'm. we came out with this um, just a few years ago, and uh, I'm really glad we did because it's a, it's a higher proof. It's something, as with all of our products, it's something just to sip. But you can add water to cut down to whatever flavor you want. The more water you add, the flavor is going to change a little bit. So there's, to me, there's a lot more in a barrel bottle of barrel proof. There's a lot more flavor. And people absolutely love that. And when we're talking proof of the barrel proof, what is the proof of the barrel proof? It is uh, between 130, excuse me, 125 and 135. I think I've seen a 138. And it is actually so smooth for that proof. People can normally never pick out that it is that high. Everybody is always shocked. 138 proof. So that means that it is 65, 70, not not quite 70% alcohol, almost 70% alcohol. Yeah, so that's actually 
um, on the top floors of the warehouse. It's kind of crazy, but on the top floors of the warehouse, those barrels will gain proof because the whiskey goes into the barrel at 125. On the lower floors, it may actually lose a little proof. It's a little more uh, moist down there and a little more, a little cooler. And um, something about those top floors, it just really condenses all those flavors in there and gains proof. So we're almost at what we distilled off at, which is 140 proof. In your personal life, Miss Lexi, are you a whiskey girl? I am. I am. Always uh, a whiskey fan. Okay, so is it kosher to talk about, do you prefer anything? I know you love Jack, but do you like others? Do you like bourbons? I've tried a lot of different things. Of course, Jack is always going to be my number one. So give me an idea of preferences and cocktails. I'll give you some instances, and I want you to tell me where you're at with it. Backyard barbecue, ribeye steaks, you and your husband, Josh, who's awesome. <laughs> what are you drinking with that dinner? I'm probably going to have, um, let's see, maybe an old-fashioned with single barrel. Single barrel, mm-hmm. old-fashioned with bitters. Yep. Bitters, a little bit of uh, orange juice in there, squeezed, and um, a little bit of simple syrup. A little bit of simple syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to do a little bartending back in the day when I first moved to Nashville. I used to get complimented on my old fashioned. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really did. I I'm, not, I'm not doubting it. What What was your secret? That's it. I would just I would just take pride in the muddling. You know, I would really, really, really muddle my oranges and my cherry in there, and mm-hmm. do just the right amount of bitters, a little sugar cube. Mm-hmm. And um, oh man, yeah, I, I can. Whew, makes me want one right now. That <laughs> does sound good. <laughs> okay, so what would be the Love time for if you're out with the girls at an Eric Church concert? Do you have a Jack and Coke on a party night? Do you ever mix Jack Daniels, Lexi? I do with water. I'll have. Uh, I do like lemon water and a little bit of Jack. I do like that. I've. I do drink Jack and Cokes, but I can't say I do it often. I'm not real big on the sugar. When will you drink Jack Apple? Jack Apple, I think, so my husband actually um, loves the flavors. And he will, this sounds crazy because I feel like a broken record, but he mixes those with ice water. It almost cuts the sweet a little bit. And um, they are a very light drink to me for the summertime. The honey too? Is there anything that you can tell us of any more flavors that might be on the horizon for Jack? You know, I'm not real sure. The uh, I know the apple is so new that it is just blowing up right now. I think we'll probably um, hang out with it for a while because it's doing great. It is a really good product. It has that green apple flavor. It's pretty good. I like just the uh, Christmas time drink. My brother and I, we always do uh, just apple juice mm-hmm. in number seven. Oh, yeah. Just the, that's the traditional, my traditional Applejack. I like that. I like that. What is the uh, what is the Christmas bottle of Jack Daniels? What is the, that? What the is Winter Jack. The Winter Jack. What yeah. is that one? It's kind of like a um, a cider, a low proofed cider low mixed proof. with Jack. Have yep. you ever seen that bottle? Mm-hmm. It's pretty is it cool. white. It's it is white. white. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, kind of like a, with a winter scene on it. Okay. I've never. I don't think I've tried it. Sounds pretty good. It's pretty I good. I like ciders. I like. Yeah. So what about with eggnog? You ever do, you ever mix it with eggnog? That's our uh, our family Christmas, oh, yeah. yeah. Eggnog and boiled custard. I'm more of an eggnog girl, but my family is boiled custard. I yeah. like both. With Jack. I with do. Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. You've got to try that one. I never sure. have. So you just mix Jack with just uh, uh, cut the eggnog or cut the Jack with eggnog. Yeah. Yeah. Never had that? No. Oh, man. Have you ever had, had any kind of whiskey Egg- or bourbon with eggnog? No. Have you ever had eggnog? <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Do you like eggnog? Okay. I, I, I'm a fan. I can do like two because they're they're. It so is heavy. heavy. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. heavy and, and sweet, so. It's more do, of a dessert thing. Yeah, we do like two, and then we mm-hmm. move on to the Apple Jacks yeah. during Christmas if we if we keep going, if, if the night's continuing, you know. Yeah. 
Now, if you're continuing on a party night, like, see, and I'm not saying that you party, but let's say that a shot comes up. Do you like to shoot the cinema, uh, Jack Fire? The Jack Fire, it, it is good. Um, I can't say I'm real big on shooting. I'm more of a sipper, but it is good uh, cold, and I can sip quickly. <laughs> but I'm definitely not one to throw it to to the back of the tongue. So uh, I'm uh, maybe half shots at a time. Since your time on this campus, in this property, have you become a hoarder <laughs> of whiskey? Do you have a collection that would blow my mind? <laughs> I have to say I'm uh, more of... <laughs> I'm developing a cough over here, sorry. <laughs> it is not Good Friday yet. <laughs> I definitely, we have uh, collected some whiskey, you know, me and my husband both work in here, as he is alluding to. Every month we do get our uh, free bottle of Jack Daniels. It is the first Friday of every month. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, funny. with, um, is you it know, first Friday or last Friday of every month? First Friday. That's tomorrow. Yeah. No. What, Wait, the what is the date? Wednesday. Are we close enough? Today's Wednesday. So it's two days. Sorry. Are we close enough? <laughs> close enough. Gosh, close enough. Like, you need to stay here two more days. <laughs> I could stay here every day. <laughs> You're two days away. For a free one, bottle, one whiskey away, one whiskey away. Oh God, that's two enough. days and okay, one whiskey away. Okay, let's talk about. So, I, I've always accredited this man right here as being like he's an amazing songwriter. He truly is. You've heard some of his stuff. I today have. I'm falling in love with it. So I'm going to have him sing some songs today, two of them to be exact. But how many songs do you think you've written with the word Jack in it? I know one whiskey away has Jack actually in the song. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many songs have been written with Jack in it. Not just about Jack, but with Jack in it. There's a lot. Yeah. Way more than any other brand in the world. Oh, it yeah. It is. It's Absolutely. it's an icon. What, way it's more. A, just, well, and the fact that it's just an easy rhyme, you know, it's got that going for it. Like doers. I mean, where are you going to rhyme with doers? Doers. Who even likes doers? <laughs> I don't know what doers is. What? I don't know what the doers well, is. Nobody needs to know what that is anyway. <laughs> I know you can't rhyme worth a damn. <laughs> Fewer. So if you're, more if you're if you're a we were talking about Lexi's you know her walkout song if you're a UFC <laughs> fighter and you're this, you're the distil, the assistant distiller here now and you're coming out and you're getting ready to go to work and you got your headphones in are you a classic rock are you a Guns N' Roses Metallica are you a Eric Church country only are you a bluegrass fan what is in your ears Lexi man I gotta say uh, I grew up on classic rock I think it'll always It'll always be pretty close to home. Um, country, too. I do like older country, like 90s country, what I grew up in. Um, is that older country? How well, it is to me. I guess it is now. It, it's different compared to today's country. It's yeah. way better. <laughs> it's, it's different. Um, and there are some, I mean, I really feel like I have a very, I guess, eclectic um, mind for music because I can listen to just about anything depending on the mood of the day. So which hip-hop do you prefer, then? Okay. Not everything. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of figured that was coming. Not quite everything. All right. So this is a song that is one of, like, um, you go into a bar, and you go there with a reason of just having a beer with a buddy. And then one thing leads to another, and the next thing you know is that somebody you see walks in, and they're like, hey, Leith, let me get you a Jack. And then that that one beer bar visit turns into a Nashville night, which is <laughs> an awesome night. It is. This song's called One Whiskey Away. It's This is my I'm request. I'm like the DJ right now. <laughs> so this is called One Whiskey Away, Lexi. This can be one of your walkout songs. As the distiller here, I can't and wait. this this is uh, this is my go to this is my go to Leith Lofton whiskey song. He's got one other one after this too. Perfect. I just came in here to have a couple beers with a buddy that was feeling low. One thing led to another, that other was a shot, got us where we wanted to go. 
You can only go so far on a good beer bus. Don't like whiskey, but I love what it does. The band kicked in, booze did too. Got that looking good, feeling good, pretty good mood. I ain't crazy, but on any given day, I'm just one whiskey away. Oh, girl in the corner, better go on and stop. Looking like she likes what I look like. Cause that big old boy she's got hung on her arm. Look like he don't like me much as she might. I ain't here to dance, ain't here to fight. If we go another round, hell, I just might. Cause the band kicked in, booze did too. Got that looking good, feeling good, pretty good mood. Y'all, I ain't crazy, but on any given day, I'm just one whiskey away from saying, hey, wasn't me, it was the Jack. Y'all, I can hold my liquor till it don't hold me back. Somebody hold me back, cause the band kicked in. Booze did too, got that looking good, feeling good, pretty good mood. I ain't crazy, but on any given day, I'm just one whiskey away. But on any given day, I'm just one whiskey away. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. He yes. writes all these. In the world should be hearing all these. Yes, for sure. Isn't that slick? Yes. I have a new favorite song for sure. For I'm telling sure. you, that's the best. I'm telling you, that's how I feel when I hear it. <laughs> and I get that attitude to the band kicked in. I just felt like dick. I was jamming to it. Uh, I've got what, to look that up as soon as we're out of here. <laughs> that's uh, one whiskey away. And that, you know, like you got David Allen Coe did Jack Daniels, if you please, yeah. which is one of my favorite Jack songs. Yeah. But Eric wrote the, wrote the did the one where Jack Daniels kicked my ass again last night, which is like <laughs> a huge, like when he does that live, you're just like, man, that that's really cool. Right. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, Tennessee Whiskey was written by David Allen Coe, mm -hmm. which is probably about Jack Daniels, you know, it's smooth. And um, the, the, the tattoo heritage of Jack Daniels, the number one tattooed brand in the history of the world is Jack Daniels. Number two really? is Harley Davidson. So if you and, and the only way to really get that info would probably be to take a consensus of tattoo shops and artists across the world. But Jack Daniels is number one. Um, there's videos of you know guys pulling up their shirt and showing oh, yeah. the, the the seven to you. And but that's this pretty special brand for somebody. To go, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my. Exactly. On me. Millions yeah. of people have gotten the tattoo on them, and I think that the reason that people write about it so much is because they love. Jack Daniels. It's the most unbelievable marketing platform that I've ever seen. It is the free, it's free marketing for Jack Daniels where people it are is. like, that song makes me want to go drink a Jack Daniels. That song makes me want to mix a Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. The band kicked in. I think that's what got me uh, kind of laid back on uh, trying to pursue my country music career as much. Somebody may have been joking about getting a lethal often tattoo <laughs> and i had to just just gracefully bow out because i don't want to be the cause of somebody having <laughs> walking around hey that's love a, for life you know, know, tattoo. You know we have like we have over 30 of them now where fans foul send me their pictures of the yeah. foul life really tattoo. a story a story goes we i was in arkansas and this lady comes up to me this cute little thing probably like 25 30 and i was like how you doing she goes my husband's too embarrassed to show you, but I'd like it if you come around the counter and I'm gonna have him pull up his pants, his pant leg to show you. And I went, okay. all right. So I walked over there. And you didn't know where that was going. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. So he pulls up his pant leg, and I have this certain lanyard that I've literally used. The lanyard's what you put your duck calls mm -hmm. on, and it's got my bands on it. And I've had it for at least 12 years. It's one I've worn yeah. on TV forever. And he's got a tattoo of my lanyard with my bands, with my calls, with my signature, oh my, my exact signature across the duck call, and then the Foul Life logo on it. And I'm just like, 
geez, <laughs> like I didn't know what to say. I was like, um, you Thank can't you. take that off, bro. <laughs> like you can't take it off. And but I got ones on my phone where one guy got his entire upper back, back done yeah, of ducks that. coming in the foul life, and then one guy got it all on his forearm. And I'm just like, but think about how many people have done that with Jack and the marketing that that is. I would never go, hey, we're going to have a tattoo contest. Whoever gets the best tattoo gets a free shotgun and a free truck. I would never right. do that. And Jack Daniels has never done that. No. People just do it at will. That's it. It's crazy. that They feel so strongly about what we represent. Yes. Which, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I don't know if there's a better logo. I don't know <laughs> if there's a more copied logo, rock and roll bands, posters, yeah. shirts, all of it. That old number seven logo, which is a story in itself, which I think I got the a pretty close to it yesterday with Chris. Yeah. The seven train. Um, I talked to you about the seven yep. train out of St. Louis. But there's a lot of other rumors out there what old number seven means. It's weird to me that it's does. there's no history behind like a, a certain vat or a certain whiskey hold barrel or something that is the old number seven. There's no real proof of what that means. I, I kind of like it. That's what I thought, but it's not. Oh, it's I kind of like it. It's, it's kind of a mystery cool. that will a mystery. always be a mystery. So it's not a recipe? No. no. It's just old number seven. It's just old number seven. Nobody knows what it means. There's, there, there's people that have heard stories that have been passed down generationally, but there's no, like, documented proof of right. what, what seven is. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been yeah. telling people wrong thing. <laughs> hey, it could be <laughs> no, wrong. No, I don't you know if I've know. ever told anybody that, but I thought somebody told yeah. me on the tour that it was the seventh try at, at doing it. It could have been the with. seventh try. It could have been that his seventh lady was his favorite. It could have been the seventh train that it was on, the seventh barrel that so uh, somebody... Um, wow. Wrote and okay. said they wanted some more of that old number seven. Okay. Nobody will know. Wow. But I do love that part. I do. I think it's cool. I yeah. do too. Because I would have, I would have guaranteed with a puffed out chest that I knew. Oh yeah, because, I know exactly what number seven. That, is. Yeah, because I mean, just your hat doesn't even say Jack Daniels on it, but you walk around, people know. Oh yeah. That's Jack it's that Daniels icon. Yeah. It's that icon. That seven. That's it. You can see. A lot see. of people think that he was, you know, religious. The Bible. Seven's the lucky number. It's mentioned in the Bible a lot. That number seven 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 has been said to be the number of the Lord. So like that plays a, that plays a rumor into it too. That 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 could be a part. Of, there's no but there's no truth. There's no like document like this is it right. There's no hardcore evidence that this is it. Yeah. Think about building a brand on that though. That nobody yeah. knows. They think they know what that seven is. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Just, We're gonna roll with it though. Let's just go, guys. Roll with it. It's my story, and I'm sticking <laughs> exactly. to it. Exactly. I'm sticking That's to true. it. <laughs> so, when as this new position, have you found yourself sleeping a little less? Are you nervous? Are you pressured? Is it everything that you thought it would be to become? Um, you're, you're becoming talked about. We walked through the tour yesterday. I watched three different individuals <laughs> point at you. One gave you a standing ovation where she said, this is Lexi. Then the other guy started going like this and he was behind glass and he made everybody look at Lexi walk. It was like, it was like Mike Tyson walking out for a fight. And I'm like, man, this girl is a celebrity. She's signing stuff now. But is the pressure there, Lexi? Are you a pressured person, a perfectionist that you want to perform daily? And are, is your blood pressure a little bit higher now? Are you breathing? Are you at ease with it? <laughs> I'm becoming at ease with it. Like I said, I mean, public speaking was never something that I was all in about. I'm a distiller. So that's something that I'm getting a lot more used to. Um, people just randomly um, waving, saying, hey, thank you. This is awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I've never met these people. You know, that feels it feels weird, but, you know, it makes you feel really good. I'm smiling. I'm waving back. My uh, The supervisor at the distillery, he was he was one of my mentors. And uh, he uh, picks on me from time to time. That's what kind of relationship we had. For some reason, I have this weird, nervous tick that if somebody says something, I may do like a half curtsy. I think that's just a nervous tick that I do. I think some of the tour guides love that when they uh, when they spur that one. So I'm getting better about not doing that. But I mean, really, I just want, I just want to give respect to the brand. I don't, you know, at first I was afraid I was going to say something wrong, but it's, you know, you can't say anything wrong. I know what we do here. It's just putting it into the right words where everybody can understand the point I'm trying to get across. 
So it's definitely feeling a lot better. Um, at first, I was pretty nervous because <laughs> it's it's big shoes to fill. You know, it's a uh, changing changing history. First woman here, it's but not just big. a first woman. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not educated in chemistry, are you? No, no. I, I, I mean, the ag me, business. And Chris is a chemist. Yep. And distilling is chemistry. Right. It's a science project. I'm going to throw a, in a little art, too. I'm art, on the art side. But think about what you're doing. At one time, I heard a rumor that you were a waitress at a local cafe here. Yeah, that was my first ever job. It was the iron kettle on the square. I mean, I let's see, uh, 16 years ago, I waited on the maintenance men that are still here today. <laughs> and I had no clue that it would be full circle. I'd be calling them in the middle of the night to come help us fix something at the distillery. So, yeah, that was my first ever job. Family ran that place, too. So I I guess I've always worked around people. It's just a little different. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Really cool. Went from serving them pancakes to <laughs> exactly. making their whiskey for them. Yeah. <laughs> I could still probably tell you what half those guys drank for lunch on sweet tea or water or the half and half. Yeah. Yeah, I've been down there. I was part of the coffee bet the other day with the old sheriff. <laughs> He got all flustered. He said he threw his pad in the air and just sat down. All, he was a, the, the other old man in there frustrated the heck out of him. Old they they play a game there every morning to, to buy your coffee. The goal is not to win because mm-hmm. if you win, you have to buy everybody in the restaurant's coffee. Yeah. But it's like a throwback. It's like taking a step back in time. Being it in, is. It's like being like maybe Hazard of what Hazard would have been like. Bo and Luke Duke, hood sliding, yeah. getting into the General Lee. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the General Lee on microphone. Better watch it. I better watch. I don't know about that. I better take that back. I take it back. Lord, I apologize. I said generally. Generally speaking. um, (laughs) I don't know what else to say except, like, I, I, I would like to nerd out with you and... But I want to do that more on probably a film deal to where I get to nerd out with you someday and make a barrel and make it go through the whole process and then even bottle it and then have one with you and toast. I've already got to toast with you and drink a little bit of Jack Daniels. But I think that this is uh, one of those things to where you have big shoes to fill and you have a huge opportunity here not to just – create a great livelihood for yourself and your husband josh but you're going to be an inf- very influential and inspirational to a lot of people not just young ladies either a lot of people are going to be looking at you like if she can do it exactly. i can do it what a, there's not a better american success story if if i can do it you can do it you've heard that a million times you're, yeah. you're walking proof of this if i can somehow inspire one person to do something that they're passionate about i feel like it's a success well i think you already have because <laughs> Lee wrote this song. It's called Whiskey Business, and you inspired this song. <laughs> it's, it's, you've been inspirational to Leith Lofton. Have you ever met anybody named Leith? That's like Keith, but with an L. Yeah. Speaking of Keith, Keith like Richards it. was one of the big, big celebrities. Yep. Frank Sinatra called it the nectar of the gods mm-hmm. on stage a lot. He had to have two fingers on three ice cubes every concert. Keith Richards was another huge proponent, rock god of the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. That was all Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. That was, that's two heavyweights right there, right? Yeah. Is Keith Richards a good guitar player? He's pretty fair. <laughs> fair to Midland. <laughs> I mean, I, he might not get kicked out of my band. I don't know. I definitely use him as a backup. There you go. <laughs> they said that when the world ends, there's going to be two things living cockroaches and Keith Richards. <laughs> The Jack Daniels. That's what it is. I'm telling you, it's got to be, man. Embalmed. So, yeah. <laughs> embalmed. This is called whiskey business, and this is probably a little bit got some. You're probably going to think of your family members a little bit on this. <laughs> probably so. Oh. Probably think that I'm up to no good Dragging your ass way back up in these woods I'll pull the blindfold off your eyes When I get close enough to see the fire Can't have you talking, can't afford a witness Up in these hills is whiskey business You 
probably gonna meet my whole damn family Too soon for you to be coming home with me But there's a reason why we're moving this fast They just finished up a brand new batch We gotta get there and move it with the quickness That's the way it is when you're in a whiskey business Questions when I hand you a shotgun Getting caught by the law, man, ain't no fun Be on your toes, always be ready Got to stay one step ahead of them, baby No second chances, ain't no forgiveness Up in these hills, it's whiskey business Cause I know you're gonna love it Here's your one chance to back out of it This ain't no game, no room for bluffing Got to be all in, all nothing If you're gonna run, you better get to getting If you stick around, it's gone, 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 gone Gonna be whiskey business Well, now don't ask questions If I hand you a shotgun Get caught by the law, man, ain't no fun Be on your toes, always be ready Got to stay one step ahead of them, baby No second chances, ain't no forgiveness Up in these hills, it's whiskey business Well, no second chances, ain't no forgiveness Up in these hills, it's whiskey business Good night. That's huh? awesome. <laughs> yes. Are those two good songs those about whiskey, are great. right there. <laughs> I love them. I have two walkout songs now. <laughs> I think so. we get. I think uh, the next party on the hill at Barbecue Hill, we bring Lisa up. Yeah. And jam. I think that would be awesome. There's more. There's so many more. Oh, there's, I bet everything so I've heard so there's far is great. There's at least sixty, I would say. Sixty songs 60 you've recorded. Songs? Do you think you've recorded sixty? <laughs> 60 good ones? Well, they're all good. <laughs> I bet they are. I bet you're the most critical one of your work. He so is. I bet they are all good. No, he's got solid, solid songs. I mean, those two right there are just unbelievable. Yeah. Up in his heels. Oh, man. That's an old one. <laughs> I know. But no, it wasn't. She inspired you to write it today. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote that on the spot right Wrote here. At least 10 minutes old. <laughs> Whiskey business. I yeah. love it. Um. What is there left to do? What is the the end game? And I know that the the right answer, the politically correct answer, is you're where right where you're supposed to be. You had no idea, even when this, even when Mr. Jeff Arnett left, unexpectedly, really. Yeah. I had no idea. I had just talked to the man. Yeah. Just did a barrel tasting, a tasting, you know, with him, and choose, chose a barrel. You had no idea you'd be sitting here in April of 2021. But no. now that you are, Lexi. Do you want to become the master distiller? Are there goals? And I know that you don't think that you're better than Chris Fletcher or anybody that's become before you, but is this a goal for you now to become the master distiller at Jack Daniels? I mean, I feel like there's still so much to learn from Fletcher. Um, I think, of course, I think anybody would think that would be an amazing job. But, you know, truly right now, we're both where we need to be. He has so much family in this as well that – I mean, he is the master of the f history, the process, all of it, because he's been doing this for really almost two decades, I believe. So, I mean, I have a whole lot to learn up to before I can get there. But maybe one day. <laughs> I was going to ask you if I started a whiskey company, if I could get you away from Jack Daniels. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no way? Uh, no way? Man, I'm pretty, I'm pretty loving it here. I mean, I'm pretty good, partial to the family traditions. Huh? I'd rather ride shotgun on a number seven than you know, <laughs> than uh, be in the driver's seat That's on, a, on a, cool, a number two. That's kind of a cool song. I'm riding shotgun on the number seven. Took one sip and it took me to heaven. There come you on, go. come on in here with me. I can't quit to go working for number two. <laughs> I don't care what you want me to do. <laughs> I 
just comes so quick. And I cannot keep it going. No, I'm gonna stay right here in Lynchburg. <laughs> <laughs> now that was written right here. Yeah, right that now. was written right here, right now. <sighs> Lexi, you're awesome. Oh, yeah. good. So this she has been so me much of a, fun. A whiskey, not. That girl drinks whiskey too. I mean, she she loves some Jack yeah, Daniels. Ashley McBride. She she reminds me of a, a distiller's version of Ashley McBride. Me oh, too. Really? I thought that yesterday. Yeah. I said, oh, she, how cool. She's bad to the bone. Really? Oh my god, she's one of my favorite female artists. Yeah. She's got to cool. be right there, number one. Do you, do you know of Ashley? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's actually done. Um, let's see some online stuff with us where she did a uh, virtual show for Jack yeah. Daniels. And uh, no, that that's pretty cool. Of course, I've never got to meet her, she but Leith Leith has written some hammers with her. Really, he's got one called "Out on the Water." Or better, happy, better on the better water. on the water. And better looking, on the water. looking for a buzz. And looking yeah. for a buzz. Okay, hammers, like should be number one. She put she released one. No, she put one on the record. Two, both Th- of them? those two. Yeah. Okay. And that that some days is she and I wrote that on my record, my new record. Some days, yeah. some unbelievable days. song. Yeah. I can't wait to check all You're these out. You're sitting in the presence of country music royalty. Man, I know. I, I didn't know. As this good is as Merle awesome. Haggard. I can feel it. What? Yeah. I've been throwing horseshoes over my left shoulder. Jones. <laughs> That's Merle Haggard. That ain't no George Jones. Did you I say George? you're as good as George Jones? Yeah. I'm like the possum? Yeah. yeah. No. I'll tell you who is good, though, is Jamie Johnson. He's good. He is good. He's my favorite voice, I think, of all time. He is really good. So, are we in? Are we not having a cocktail to end this podcast? I thought that that would be kosher. <laughs> I don't hear any ice. <laughs> I haven't heard any ice shake. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't you have a bartender where you can just ring that? that? Oh gosh, how cool would that be? Even <laughs> no. That would be. So, do you visit Nashville, living this so close, this close to it? I think we used to a lot more, you know, during COVID. We hadn't made it up there much at all. You're going to have issues going there now. You're not going to be able to walk down Broadway. <laughs> oh, my God. There she is. Oh, gosh. If they there keep she the mask is. mandate up, I'll be, I'll be in the You'd clear. Be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for real, your hospitality since we got here. Of the course. tour. Leith got your strike, your your husband striker that I gave him. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Such a cool. We're gonna give a shout out to Mr. Joshua. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's, he was so excited. I mean, mine so, still smells like whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. They do. It's made out of barrel wood. I know. It smells smells good. Jack Daniel's sour mash. That's it. Any closing words? Please drink responsibly. That's always, the way they end always. It, right? always, always, always. <laughs> And for anybody that listened to the beginning of this podcast, there's a disclaimer that I would like to make. Nine-year-olds should not drink Jack Daniels out of the cab. <laughs> I think that's where I was going with that, too. Oh, this is this is before seatbelts, folks. I mean, uh, there was way more safety hazards back then. Yeah. Uh, I was like, where is he? Okay, so now we've not only broken the law, but now <laughs> social services have been called. <laughs> Well, Boots passed on years ago, so that good luck getting him. R.I.P. Uncle Boots. That's it. All right, what were we? If there was, if you could pull one bottle right now for us to celebrate your new position, fast friends, we all became fast friends. What yep. would it be? Virtual toast. Single barrel rye. Oh, right there. Look at that. She signed that bottle. That's for it. Me. Oh, she should have. Put my name on it. It's L E I T H. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we might have to get you to sign a bottle to leave. That's it. I think we. I think I can handle that. You can. Yeah. Can we fill one and then can we go fill one and then? <laughs> I, w- I wish I could. Say, uh, fill it. Go down to the it. bottle. The bottling plant. I don't want to just fill it. No, fill it up. Fill it up. Fill it up. Oh, did I pronounce it wrong? Fill it. Fill, fill it, it up. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. You've been down here too long. No, this place is awesome. Y'all come visit Lynchburg. What's it feel like? <laughs> What's it, feel like? it feels nice. Look at that bottle. That's pretty. Rye. Yep, the rye's great. That reminds me of a song. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. 
Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, this will be the day that I die. Yeah. I know that old song. Did you write the book of love, and do you have faith in God above? Can you sing the whole thing? The whole thing. I'm like that boxer. How much more? (laughs) That's like a 12-minute song. (laughs) I could rap the whole Sugar Hill Gang. (laughs) The longest rap in history. Speaking of rap, we got to like wrap wrap this up. (laughs) Y'all, that is Lexi Phillips, the assistant master distiller. You get that cough? I'm getting that free bottle cough. (laughs) You got to at least tell them, well, no, just let that that be like the old seven. Old number seven. Let me ask you this to end this. If somebody did travel here from California to visit Lynchburg, which a lot of people visit Lynchburg, can they meet the one and only Lexi Phillips? I mean, can they come in, like, is there signings? Is there going to be, like, those 3D cutouts where they can put their arm around you? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an agent yet, and would you like one? I, I do not have an agent yet. Um, I haven't been prepared for those questions yet, so maybe I do. You need to get a PR rep for sure, especially if Chad's going to be asking you those kind of questions. But can people meet you when they come here? Or is that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll see me around if they're coming through on the tours. You know, I'm in the Squire House sometimes. There will be signings from time to time because I know Jeff and Chris both did that. So, oh, so people can come to the Bottle House. Get at a the bottle. end of the day, you, you still got a job to do. You got to work. That's yeah. it. That's it. We we are still working a little bit. <laughs> Even though it's pretty cool work. In my opinion, this has been a podcast with the greatest female whiskey maker in the history of the world. Oh, Lexi you. Phillips. The history of the world. That's a long history. That's a long history. Y'all enjoy Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking, a.k.a. Uncle Boots. And thank you, Jack Daniels, for everything you do for us here at the podcast. Congratulations, Miss Lexi. Thank you, Leith Lofting, for gracing us with your picking skills, your vocal skills, your songwriting skills. Today, we were leaving. We were going into the parking lot, and Chase Rice was leaving the parking lot after our turkey hunt, and he was playing a new song that he just wrote yesterday with my brother called Handle It, day before yesterday. And I said, damn, this is good. So Chase was just walking out of his trailer. I said, Chase, come listen to this. First thing Chase said, he goes, hey, take my number and send that to me, please. (laughs) That's that's how good it was. was. So this is a master songwriter here. I'm not kidding. He's as good as they get. Thank you both for being here. This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Thank you all so much for the downloads and subscriptions. It is truly amazing to see the growth of our audience. Brand new episodes of the Foul Life TV presented by Benelli air July 2nd. 2021 exclusively on the outdoor channel tom jake hit that button or do you want to play us out with better on the water i'm either going to play um what you going to do when the money's all gone that you wrote with drake or you can play us out since you're live right now lexi and she can hear you and ashley mcbride smash it better on the water do you remember the words to better on the water because those words are tricky i'd have to look them up I'd have to I'd have to read them. <laughs> Do you want to take us out of the song you want me to play Money All Gone? Just give it to him. <laughs> that one? What you gonna do when the money's do you wanna play it live? No? <laughs> do you want me to let you go? I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> all right, Jake, Tom, hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Can you imagine he's sitting right here next to Miss Lexi and myself? I've had a piece since we started. <laughs> Before we started. All right, Tom Jake, hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you going to do when the money's all gone? Thank you. Make good use of your time on